1: my <laughs> Hold on to your butt.
0: Well, are back. Hello, and welcome to the 142nd episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. I am your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, as always, we have a bunch of news to review regarding music for Fallen Kingdom, Target-exclusive Funko Pops, Jurassic World Evolution, some new merchandise, and a birthday to celebrate. After that, we have the long-awaited return of Jay Jurassic. It's been a while since he was officially on the show, uh, November, I believe, and we've heard from many of you guys wondering about his return. Well, it's finally here we'll hear from jay as he talks about what he's been up to and dives deeper into his nostalgia with his collecting and this franchise as a whole this is part one of his return so stay tuned for part two coming up at a later date after that we're going to jump into the audio lab and hear a ton of audio from this past week we're going to hear from jeff goldblum and chris pratt on the hundredth day out from fallen kingdom Uh, More from Jeff on his Funko Pop and Jurassic World Evolution, a Jurassic Park-themed skit on SNL, and music that was debuted from Fallen Kingdom. A little housekeeping before we move forward, please don't miss Tom Fishenden's bonus episode that was released last week, featuring his look at some of the UK filming locations For Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom now he traversed the UK countryside to bring you the details on what he saw and what could have been filmed in these locations and also keep an eye out later this week for another bonus episode from myself and Tom taking a long and detailed look at the Lego offerings for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom's promotional run. Now we had a great time chatting about all those items so stay tuned and download it as soon as it pops up. All right, well, we've got a packed episode, as always, so why don't we get this one started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18
1: minutes and your company catches
0: up on 10 years of research.
1: Access rate program. Access rate security. These pictures were taken in hospital, on Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump
0: to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my hate being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Alright, the biggest news this week had to have been the released music from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom via Michael Giacchino and J.A. Bayona. Now, this stuff was all released on social media. Not the greatest quality in the world, but it was all filmed live in the studio on their cell phones or whatever. And we were able to decipher a few different things here from the tweets and uh, posts. It looks like this music, of course, is composed by Michael Giacchino. We already knew that. And this next part, you could pretty much assume it is orchestrated by uh, Jeff Krika. He's He's the guy who's orchestrated most of Giacchino's recent work, uh, Jurassic World included. The uh, orchestrator basically expands the score based on you know, the composer's ideas and, and, you know, basically fills out the rest of the score. Um, it looks like the recording began March 12th at the historic Abbey Road Studios in London. You all know about that studio. Um, it looks like it was conducted by Ludwig Wicke, uh recorded the vocals for these tracks with the London voices. So it's great to hear that there's going to be a choir in these songs as well. Um, And uh, we're going to play the release material later on in this episode inside the audio lab, so stay tuned for that. But this this is amazing. I didn't expect to hear this stuff already. And we got some new stuff. We got some old stuff. It's all great, so stay tuned. So if you are like me in that vast majority of people who did not get the Target exclusive Ian Malcolm Funko Pop, then you're probably pretty disappointed. You know, they were released online at 12 a.m. PST, so 3 a.m. where I am, uh, and there was no way I was gonna stay up that late in order to uh, purchase a Funko Pop, but it looks like I probably should've, as they completely sold out in a matter of minutes. But don't worry, we, might not have to wait too, too long, here's the word from Funko. The Target exclusive, Dr. Ian Malcolm, will be restocked. Target will have more available closer to the release of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. More are on the way. So, you know, Fallen Kingdom comes out in June, so I guess we can expect to see more of them back on the shelves, or at least uh, online until they're probably sold out again sometime around the film's release. There's no more information on this at the time, so again, stay tuned. (laughs) I'm sure most of you have already freaked out about this one, but for those of you who didn't know, Jeff Goldblum will be reprising his role of Dr. Ian Malcolm in the video game Jurassic World Evolution. He'll be voicing his character for the entire game, apparently. Uh, So I'd assume it's something like the previous games, uh, like Chaos Island or Trespasser, where you have the characters interacting with you in the game. Um, I'm pretty sure he's probably just gonna be guiding us through the park kind of as we're building things and maintaining things, letting us know that he was probably right all along when things go bad and basically tells you that everything you just did was completely wrong. Basically like, uh, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts and and later your game is over, uh, you know, or something like that. But enough of my terrible Goldbloom impression. There's not many details at the moment, but stay tuned for the Audio Lab segment later in the show to hear from Jeff in that announcement video. Entertainment Earth has a cool new item listed on their website. It's a Jurassic Park amber pocket watch. Now you'll be able to pre-order this watch for $24.99 with a release coming in August. Now here's a few words from Entertainment Earth. You don't need to go back in time to pick up this cool Jurassic Park amber pocket watch. Celebrate the 25th anniversary of the iconic movie and keep track of time. The cover of this pocket watch features a Tyrannosaurus skeleton silhouette in faux amber. Push the button to showcase the classic Jurassic Park logo on the black dial. So yeah, their image on the website is a digital recreation, but it definitely looks like it will be a beautiful item. It has, like they said, the amber glass design behind the silver Rex fossil silhouette. On the inside is the iconic Jurassic Park logo with the clock itself. Head to our website to check out the write-up on the item and make sure to let us know if you're gonna pick one up. And we do have a birthday to celebrate this week. Happy birthday to Nick Robinson, Zach Mitchell from Jurassic World. His birthday is Thursday, March 22nd. Let's all reach out to him online or wherever and wish him a happy birthday.
1: Oh, there it is. There it is. He's got some change. He takes quarters. I got like, I got a buck. I got a buck 10 you get it?
0: We don't want to know. Her name, we got it! Where did you
1: get that? I got it on eBay. And they're expensive. Put them back. He's a digger. We'll to the roof? I had a promise to conduct a very thorough on-site inspection. And get stuck in the site. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I got it for $150, but we'll pay it. And then there's the merchandise. And I can personally... Donald, Donald, this park was not to cater only for the Super range. That first park
0: was legit. Like
1: I could write all kinds of numbers on this check. I remember that on InGen's list because it wasn't on their list.
0: This fossilized tree sap,
1: which we call Amber. Hello, Jurassic fans. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been on the podcast. Um, I've been busy out there in the jungles of Nublar and in the jungles of Sorna and even in the jungles of uh, Matanceros. If you know what I mean. It's one of the you know, the islands of the five deaths. Um, I, I've, I'm in the process of moving, and I'm moving stuff around, so I thought it'd be a very proper, like, Amber Finds episode where we're going to – it's this one's going to be a two-parter. So first part, we're going to be talking about um, some memories and merchandise. And the second part, we'll be talking about um, – basically the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park and uh some of the new merchandise and and some of the old it's all merch because this is Amber Finds and we talk about the cool stuff that we find from the Jurassic Park universe now basically what's going on um like I said I'm in, I'm in the process of moving and I was in the process as well of selling some pieces of my collection. And I posted that and I got a lot of... uh Why? Why are you doing this? And why this and why that? And I mean... It's, it's some stuff I was willing to sell. And I still am, but it's going to be mainly Jurassic World stuff. So, sorry to disappoint everybody, but I will not be selling any. Lost World or original Jurassic Park stuff. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, Jurassic World stuff, yeah, because the Mattel stuff is so awesome. So, yeah, probably use some money for that. And just, you know, just some money for the big move. It's a, it, you know what I mean? I'm moving to a better place and and I'm going to have a, 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 you know, a nice office to do all this type of stuff. You. You will start seeing a lot more artwork coming from me, uh, a lot more podcasting, and even YouTube videos. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple months, um, right before the movie release and uh, right after the movie release. So, basically, this this Amber Finds episode. I haven't done Amber Finds in a while. I've done a lot of Jane Teds. I've been on other podcasts. I was l- not too long ago. I was on um on on. You know, on toy podcasts and whatnot. Um, But, this podcast, this podcast became, you know, it it became an idea as I was rapping and putting away stuff for the collection. And, you know, just everything I put away had... memory on it whether it was a a pencil sharpener stamp or just a ticket stub from jurassic world or even or a tag or something you know you know i started thinking back you know i mean most of the amber finds when i talk i talk about specific piece of merchandise and um, in this one I want to discuss everything as a whole and I know there's a lot of collectors out there and and some of us just collect and collect and collect but a question I want to ask all the collectors do you have one piece or maybe let's say five that you pick up and it makes you smile Cause it brings you back um, to a certain time when, when you actually, uh, you know, what I mean, uh, being a kid, or or brings back this imaginative world that existed before responsibilities of an adult. Um, in the midst of all the stuff going on in my personal life and moving and whatnot, I picked up the Dilophosaurus. And it's the one my grandmother got me. it's the first JP toy actually at my entire collection it's the first one that uh, that started it up you know I mean and I remember going to the store um, it was Kmart uh, say early 93. I don't remember exactly the day so I might be wrong guys it might be 92. I don't remember exactly. When the toy was released. But I do remember going to the store. And... The aisle... It was, um... The Kmart that we used to go to had, like, this, um... Like, locked out kind of... It's not locked out, but boxed out entrance area. Where the door... The entrance doors... Led to, an out, to the outside. But on the inside, it had a little boxed out area. Where it had an exit. And it had another entry door. So you ha- you have to pass through two and two sets of doors to get into the store. That rhymed. And where the toys were was I would say maybe there was some aisles to to the to the right of you. And there was uh, usually those aisles were like uh, made for TV stuff or like sometimes they would just have like random stuff there. It was like random uh, shelf fillers, you know. And to the left of me were the registers and customer service of that Kmart. Um, You would walk down, I would say, what was it, like two or three aisle sections. It would have, like, you'd walk past the clothing. Uh, It was women's clothing or, or like, girls' clothing. And then it was between the, the boys' and girls' clothing. There was one aisle that led right into the toys. Now... I always used to go in that Kmart. We used to go all the time with my grandma. It was like a, it was kind of like a weekend weekend thing that we used to do. She would get all dressed up and and get get all nice to, cause she was going out there and it was it was funny because it's like we're just going to Kmart, grandma. You know what I mean? Like it's not a big deal, but to her it was. She liked to take us out and she got all nicely dressed and she would make us dress in our, I I don't know. I guess you'd call it church clothes or whatever, and. We would go to, you know, I mean we go out to eat and then we go to, to Kmart and she would go and buy her little things or whatever and and she would tell me I could go get one toy. Um so I was obsessed with dinosaurs at the time. Um they had these these toys that were like were like the Dino Rider toys but weren't Dino Riders. There was there were like museum something and I had like a sloth from them, a saber toothed cat or you know um smilodon um i had the pteranodon from them and uh a Deinonychus from them and they they came in these little packs they were like these green boxes i i think they were green it was like ferns and stuff around it and it it brought like three of them or two and it said something on the bottom something i can't remember exactly what toy company they were from but they're Later down the line, I found out that those same molds or toy uh, figures were used for Dino Riders, same ones. So I went out, you know, I mean, I went to the toys aisle, and it was at an end, it was an end cap. It wasn't inside the toy aisle; it was on it was on an end cap. I saw this <laughs> this red, like blaring red and orange sunset. With black silhouetted trees. And if you could look at it. You can go down aisles from it. And you would just see it. It just brought your eyes right to it. And. On that end cap. was the most wonderful. Amazing dinosaur toys. I had ever laid my eyes on. And um. They had... I think it was... The Triceratops was there. The Young T-Rex was there. Um, Pteranodon had the human figures. The basic first wave human figures. Had Grant. Had Ellie. Muldoon. You know, all these characters. I had no idea about these characters. I, I had seen the commercial Jurassic Park and I wanted to see the movie. And... Sadly, I never did see it in theaters, but I had seen these and I had, I had this whole like world like built up in my head about this Jurassic Park. I I thought these characters were just like, you know, I didn't know who Dr. Alan Grant was. I was like, who is this guy? But man, does he look cool with these Pteranodons and that hat and all that and, and Ellie and I had no idea what these characters had to do in the movie. And I didn't know that for an entire year. I played with these figures and made all the stuff up. Whenever we I played Jurassic Park Adventures, I made it up because I had not seen the movie. So for an entire year, these characters were just an just a blank slate to me, and became whatever I wanted to create them to be. Once I saw the movie, yeah, I put them in their perspective, you know, respective spots. But at first, I (laughs) it was just left to my imagination. You know what I mean? Alan Grant could've been, you know, the, the enemy, I don't know, I, I, I of course, didn't do that, because he was a paleontologist, but, you know, what I mean, I could've made Muldoon, Muldoon was, like, the mercenary, you know what I mean, I don't n- remember back what I did with these characters, how I made them work in my own imaginative psyche, but, you know I mean, they had those on the pegs, on the, uh, you know, up there with the figures, and then they had the basic dinosaur figures, and, I went I went to my grandma I, I know what I want she's like okay what do you which one which one do you want she's like she's like oh more dinosaurs huh I'm like yes more dinosaurs she's like which one do you want I'm like can I have two she's like no one today next weekend maybe depends on how you do in school Cause this is this is like incentive for me to be really good in school I was a straight A student Uh, all through my elementary years middle school and then I I, like the first two years of high school and then I don't know I just started slacking but I was an honor roll student straight A's and the incentive was (laughs) Jurassic Park Ninja Turtles and Batman (laughs) that's what got me the good grades I didn't want to excel because I just wanted to I just wanted these toys so like she she told me to pick one and I, I did and it was the, the Dilophosaurus and I took the Dilophosaurus home and I remember sitting in the, in the car ride home and he was in the bag and mean you know, I take him out of the bag I look at him and I look at the box and I look at the back of the box and I started already like circling my head what the next figure I wanted I wanted the car. That one, and then you saw Stan Winston's uh, T-Rex on the bottom with the figures. I'm like, oh, I want that T-Rex! Look at the T-Rex! They've never made t T-Rex that size. It's always a small, tiny Rex. This is this one goes perfect with the human figures. This is this is the T-Rex I want. And I'm sitting there and and like just looking at this wonderful packaging with this this red, this blood red, orange sunset with. Black silhouetted trees. It just. It just captured my imagination. And. This is a moment. You I mean, I'm talking about when I was like six years old. I'm in my 30s, my friends. I'm gonna be. I'm actually gonna be 32 next month. My birthday is next month. Um, so. You know, I remember this like clearly because this dinosaur became the reason I started collecting. You know, it was, um, the quality of the toy was perfect. You know, I even did the action feature and he sucks up a little bit of water and he spits it back out and stuff. I mean, I didn't want to do too much because I didn't want to destroy him, which he's kind of a little bit destroyed. He doesn't have an eye. <laughs> like one eye is missing. Like the paint came off of the eye. It's an easy fix, but why would I fix it? It shows how much uh, love and playware I had for this dinosaur. That I played it till, played with this dinosaur till it was just completely demolished. His tails has a little bit of like uh, tears in it. His legs are wobbly. Like you can't stand them up. You got the only way to stand them up is by putting his legs all the way back and having his tail be like the. The standing for the, for the animal, for the figure, you know. So, sorry guys, I'm you know, a little bit in this late night. Um, that's just it, and I pick up that one, and then you know, you start picking going through the collection because sometimes you just have it. You know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I don't know about my fellow collector friends, you have the collection just sitting on the shelf and. Do you ever really just sit there or stand next to it, and just pick one of the pieces out, and then think for a moment back when you actually purchased the piece, or who got you this piece, and how? I mean, just the adventure in the in, in the the adventure of how it actually got to you. And why it is important? I mean, I can sell a lot of my Jurassic World stuff because I have no emotional attachment to m- mainly none of it, really. To tell you the truth, it's, there's nothing. I mean, I love the movie, and some of the you I mean some of the stuff is cool, but the toys are just like horrible. They, they didn't, and, and I'm at this age, I don't really want them. I'm like, um, what am I? I just kind of put them on shelf. So, but. You know, when I look at Lost World, I, I, I can look at so many pieces in Lost World, and it's just like this one reminds me of this, this one reminds me of that. Like, like I remember sitting in the backyard, um, well, where we used to live when I used to live with uh, my stepbrothers, and there was um there was a lot of us. <laughs> I have three stepbrothers, and we would play with uh Jurassic Park toys in the back. and um, when we are playing back there there was like this huge tree it was like but it wasn't huge in the sense it was like tall it was just like a wide tree and it had all these roots that were like above ground so we would use that as like that and like uh, like a tree in the jungle of Jurassic Park and the ground was just we didn't not much grass grew around this one area so there's a lot of dirt uh, just roll in there with the cars and the cars would kick up the dirt so it looked like dust and and just being back there with the dinosaurs and have them all I mean there's like a sand pit back there too where I used to I used to have uh, Compsognathus. no not the comsignatis there you go but have the coelophysis there and they'd be like, I don't know, I made them into like these sand dune type of worms kind of thing. It was weird, like only their necks came up from the sand. I don't know. I just felt like, oh, I mean, maybe they like to dig and burrow in the, in the sand. And they come out and they, they just snatch any uh, um, unsuspecting victim. And I mean, the imagination that these these toys in my collection gave me, as uh, things that I did, you know, creating this entire world without even seeing the movie for an entire year you think I think back and I'm just like wow you know these these toys they're these toys are 25 years old (laughs) and you mean yeah they're they're being down a little bit the paint wear and whatnot but they still are there you really have to be like Sid from Toy Story to destroy these toys you know and when my T-Rex was losing her arms, fall out, I ended up just gluing them on her. I super glued them, and they they've been on her like that since then. Now, Dino damage pieces, oh man, we've all lost those. I, I I remember I bought the young T-Rex, and that same day I lost the Dino damage piece. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in the woods, somewhere in the woods in uh, North Jersey. I can tell you that somebody finds it let me know (laughs) um same thing with Muldoon. uh i lost the 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 hatchling t-rex on that ladder of that house he fell through the cracks of the ladder we looked everywhere for it under and no he just disappeared i know where that t-rex is so you know i mean this is this type of things that i was doing while i was like bubble wrapping them and putting them away and just thinking that like, you know, some people will look at the collection and they just see toys, they just see action figures and, I don't know, like, uh, different variations of DVDs and variations of, of posters and, you know what I mean, it doesn't matter what you collect, somebody's gonna look at it as just stuff and And I don't see that I don't know if some if you, my fellow collectors can agree but I see something we love that we all love and share I see items that bring out memories what I see when I look at these dinosaurs I see photographs in my head I see what brings it brings me smiles and happiness I love my collection and I wish I had well where I'll be moving to I'll have a better way to display it um where I had it now wasn't that great It was a lot of it was very ingested it was very you know but just knowing that that like It's just... It's crazy to think that, like, it's been so long. And that... These... Toys... Bring out so much... Of my inner self. And... I don't know if anybody can agree. brings out the... Better times. You know? It's like, um... You know, we most of us are adults that listen to the podcast and some of us are not. And, you know, things happen in life and certain you get certain things in your adult life that happen and just just always try to find the one thing that that can kind of bring you back to a sense of calm. And you know, I mean, artwork does it for me sometimes, but you know, I mean, artwork isn't always It's great when your mind doesn't really wanna work with you to draw anything up. So you're kinda stuck sometimes. So I I, sometimes I can't draw, you know, sometimes I can't sit there and, and really draw something out. I have to really get in the mood to draw it. But I can always pick up that Dilophosaurus and smile. I could always pick up the queen, the red Rex, and smile. Pick them up, just look at them just uh, think of the memories you know so I just wanted to share that with you guys I felt that uh, it was something to share you know I mean I didn't this is like I said this is two-parter so this is just the first part me just talking about the collection in general I didn't want to go too specific with pieces you know whatnot I'll do that when I dedicate more into a specific episode about a piece, and I'll be able to do that in the new place. So I'll be able to have more of like the space to be more representative of it and whatnot. Um, but I do want to say that, like, for the second part of this, we're going to be talking about the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Uh, not only the 25th anniversary some of the items that are coming out for the 25th anniversary already have come out since sorry that I haven't been around uh, I know people already have some of those items um but I want to talk about some of them some of them I've got I've been able to get my hands on some of them you know, I mean it's been tough to get to um I mean so and I want to talk about the first time I saw Jurassic Park and uh how it changed everything. How it changed my perspective. On how I viewed movies. And how it changed my perspective on. How much I love dinosaurs. You know how, how it really changed my life. Because at this age. Everybody think I'd kind of. Stop liking dinosaurs. Not the case. As it seems. <laughs> Good for that right. Because uh, there wouldn't be uh, an Amber Finds Or uh, a page like J Jurassic Instagram. You know. Where you guys can look at all my dinosaur stuff. there wouldn't be a collection. And um, also. To announce. A contest. Oh yeah. I'm running one. And let's just say the. Prizes. Are not going to be drawings of mine. Well maybe I'll throw in a drawing or something. But they're actually going to be. Pieces. Maybe toys. Ooh. Maybe pop figures. What? gonna be a big contest because I've been away from the community I felt bad and I really want to reward everybody for still sticking with me because you guys still have been there I lost a lot of followers that's cool it's fine but a lot of other people still stuck with me even when stuff was going on you know and um this right here is Pretty much my comeback episode. And even though it is like a two-parter, so this is the first part, it's me pretty much saying I'm back. Now I'm back to doing this. Alright? So, be in tune for the second part of this podcast. This Amber Finds special. Um, yeah, man. And and just keep a lookout. Alright? Um... After hearing this, I really would like to hear from other collectors on certain items they loved or they love still or that they, you know what I mean, couldn't let go of or they lost. You know what I mean? I I could talk about how I lost items, but I don't want to really put this podcast down. I felt like this podcast was more to be happy about what what you have. Be glad with what you have, even if it's a tiny collection, even if you just started one and you have just a T-Rex. Be happy you have just that T-Rex. That T-Rex is going to be the starter for so much cool stuff. You know, I started with just a tiny little Dilophosaur. That's it. Just one Dillo. That's it. And now it, it turned into this gargantuan monsters collection that I can't even control. <laughs> so. Everyone starts from somewhere. But just remember. Just remember the keep like memories with this stuff you know and that's it all right guys it was uh great being back um hope to hear you guys um, like I, like you guys should know or if you don't if you're new to the podcast I can be found on Twitter or Instagram at j Jurassic that's j a y e underscore jur. A-S-S-I-C-K Like Jurassic, but with a K Like sick Alright, and just send me Pictures of your collection and and Stuff like that, I love seeing other people's Collections It's awesome, alright Okay guys, um I'll see you on the next one Back to you Brad Oh You're fired, do not It's man. Man destroys God.
0: Man creates dinosaurs. Boy, we had been
1: right all the time. We're gonna have to drop the can. Are you ready? One, two, one.
0: This week in the audio lab, we have a ton of audio for you to listen to. Some of which I mentioned earlier in the news segment. But we're gonna start it off with two 100 days out from Fallen Kingdom videos from Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum. Let's take a listen. Get ready for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in exactly
1: 100 days.
0: Get ready for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in 100 days. All right, so yeah, we're definitely less than 100 days out now, uh, so this is less relevant, I guess, but it is still great to hear them hyping up the film's release. Head to our show notes to see those videos for yourself. Next up here, we have some audio from Jeff Goldblum uh, from his appearance on Conan O'Brien's late-night talk show with them discussing Malcolm's Funko Pops. Let's listen in. You're in the next Jurassic World movie. Yes, sir, Fallen, right. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom, and this is a high honour. Uh, funko has put out two figures of you as uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. These are... Is it, yeah, it Funko or it, Funko? Funko Pop, Funko Pop, I think. Funko, it, yeah, it's Funko, right? Funko. What did I say? I you did say I said funko, funko, Funko. Funko! What? What's the difference? What's the... What's funko. your... Funko. I think you were like, like, fun company, the fun company, Funko. 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 These are your Funko dolls. These are look at these. These are Dr. Aina. Look at this one right. Look at this one. That's the sexiest Funko doll. That's the sexy I've one. Ever seen. Yeah. And that's pretty sexy right there. It's meant to depict my scene from Jurassic The one, though the, the yes. first one when yeah. I, you know, disrobed. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> so Would you like to rub your own dog's nipple? You can uh, I mean your own my doll's nipple? My own dog? You your said own my own dog. dog. <laughs> you, said dog. Mean, you said dog, you said dog. No, you were rubbing your dog earlier in a story. <laughs> This I whole was. thing, I don't think any of this is arable, ladies and gentlemen, i me ask you right now. Yeah. There's no one... Lo- huh? Never mind. Never mind! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was gonna do something I oughtn't. <laughs> I love it. You know, he is just so gold-bloomy here. And this gets me so excited for the next few months leading up to the film's release. Hopefully hearing more from Jeff. Well, speaking of Jeff, here he is again with that audio I mentioned earlier in the news segment announcing his involvement in Jurassic World Evolution. Let's check it out. Uh, My name is Jeff Goldblum, and I'm here to tell you that I'm working on the new Jurassic World Evolution. It's a game made by that team at Frontier. So I'm gonna be with you the whole game as Dr. Ian Malcolm, that's the character that I play in those Jurassic Park movies. I highly recommend it. It gets 10 gold blooms out of a possible 10 gold blooms. That's my highest rating. Now, this one was a great surprise last week. And as you can tell, I just love hearing Jeff speak. So I'm going to play his audio as much as I possibly can here. Fingers crossed for some more soon. All right, I know music from Fallen Kingdom is coming, but let's first take a listen to the Jurassic Park sketch from Saturday Night Live this past weekend, where they reenacted fictitious auditions from famous actors in the 1993 era. It's pretty funny, so let's check it out. 25 years ago, Steven Spielberg opened the doors to Jurassic Park, and inside those doors, spoiler alert, were dinosaurs. Now. As part of the 25th anniversary re-release, you can watch the original 1992
1: screen tests. Hugh Grant for Dr. Alan Grant. Yes, um, hate to be bother, but, um, if you look behind you, there's, um, well, there's a bit of a T-Rex. Uh, <laughs> and I thought perhaps we should move faster to escape its, um, rather large teeth. Alan Alda for Muldoon. <laughs> Let it go. A that dinosaur comes out and attacks me. Oh, God, you guys, that is great. That is just terrific. And how are you guys gonna shoot
0: the dinosaurs? Is this gonna be a uh, forced perspective? See, you know, that's how we shot Jamie Farr on M.A.S.H.
1: Yeah, no, he's only about two feet tall, Ellen you know. DeGeneres for Dr. Sattler.
0: Mm. All right, wow. That's a gigantic pile of dino poop. I've had stools on stage before, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm 90s Ellen.
1: Hey, I'm telling y'all, trust me, spend your money, all right? IRS can't take it
0: if it's already spent. Can't take something already gone. <laughs> That's a tax loophole for your brother. Wesley, Huh? could we get the line? Oh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Bingo. Dino DNA. <laughs> now, if y'all want my accountant's number, it's 1900.
1: Roseanne Barr for John Hammond. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Nope. Adam Sandler for Muldoon. All right, thank you. Turkey lerky doo and turkey kitty. I like the T-Rex. Does T-Rex like me? They're shut up! Whoopi Goldberg as Dr. Sattler. Well, let's talk about it, because the last thing I need right now is dinosaurs. And then I'll give the dinosaur a look like... Pee-wee Herman. Oh. <laughs> Uh uh uh, you didn't say the magic word. Uh, 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 uh. Drew Barrymore for Dr. Sattler.
0: There are branosauruses and brachiosauruses and apatosauruses. But I have to wonder, are we playing God?
1: Joy Lawrence from Blossom.
0: Okay, react to seeing the dinosaurs for the first time. Whoa! Wanna try anything else?
1: No! Gwen Stefani as the teenage girl. I'm just a girl. Don't need me, big dinosaur.
0: Can we get a frightened scream?
1: Ooh.
0: Sinbad. Now y'all know that my wife is a triceratops, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I wait downstairs while she tries on several tops. <laughs> How y'all doing? Y'all good? That's your lady? Al Pacino? Welcome to Jurassic Park! Lisa Kudrow?
0: Well, there's a T-Rex. And must, must move faster. Must
1: move faster! Oh, no, oh, no. Must move faster! Jaleel White?
0: Okay, so you just let all the dinosaurs loose on the island.
1: Did I do that? Any better for the soundtrack? Raptors are opening, opening the door. Jodie Foster as Mr. DNA. Sometimes a mosquito would a caught in sap. It was so sticky, so
0: sticky. Could you try it a little happier?
1: This is the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> Today is my birthday. O.J. Simpson. Okay, so if I did let the dinosaurs out, let me tell you how I would have done it. <laughs> Man, 1992. Whew. It is good to be OJ right now. <laughs> Ain't nothing gonna slow this train down. Go, OJ, go! Clint Eastwood, take one.
0: Welcome to Jurassic Park. Mm. <laughs> the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park. I I love it when they do these fake auditions and screen tests. Uh, You may have heard them before. They've previously done Back to the Future and Star Wars, I think among others. So I was super grateful to see that they're kind of Also using this as a promotional tool for the 25th anniversary while doing this skit. SNL is on NBC, which is owned by NBCUniversal, Universal Universal, all owned by Comcast. So it all kind of ties together why they would promote it. Uh, This is a skit that you kind of need to see visually. So I've included a video in our show notes. All right, so so here's the good stuff. I mentioned it earlier, but Michael Giacchino and J.A. Bayona showcased a bunch of audio on social media this week for Fallen Kingdom as it was being recorded at the Abbey Road Studios. So let's take a listen to the first cue released by Bayona. All right, so I'm sure you're like, well, that's not new, that's not, I've heard that before. Well, that's because it was in As the Jurassic World Turns. On the Jurassic World score, it was basically like the main theme of Jurassic World, kind of like the park itself in a way. Whenever they kind of showcase the park, you basically heard that. Um, It's a slightly different take on that theme, which uh, uh, had some different accent and notes in the background, and it uh, transitioned into the beginning of the Jurassic Park theme, which it um, actually did cycle between versions of those two themes in Jurassic World. Um, You might remember as the kids travel to the island, you kind of hear that uh, as the Jurassic World turns theme popping up a little bit and then it showcased the Jurassic Park theme, the very intro of that theme as they're like shooting the boat. So um, it is pretty interesting. I wonder if it will play in similar fashion in Fallen Kingdom um you know maybe going back to the island or something like that i don't know i'm not really sure how it fits in uh, but i do really like the new additions uh to the as as the jurassic world turn themes though i think uh i think it adds a lot to it um but yeah like i said it might be the same theme but it is taking it in at least a slightly new direction now from here we get our next track which was shared by Jakino. uh let's take a listen to this one Alright, so this one is basically uh, pretty much the unreleased track Ye Old Visitor Center from Jurassic World, as well. Uh, at least a portion of that track. Um, now that track it wasn't on the score. It was used um, as the kids crept through the old visitor center. Like I said, it wasn't on that original score, but it did kind of find its way online later. Um, and if you noticed, I don't know if you know the original Yield Visitor Center track. Um, it's certainly a bit slower than that one, that old rendition, I guess. But um, otherwise, it's it's nearly identical. Um, Aside from the ending of it, uh, it's a bit unresolved, I guess. Uh, Missing the second half of that Jurassic Park theme there. As I was listening to it, I I just felt like unfulfilled as the rest of the theme wasn't really played. So it really makes me wonder if... um that unresolved feeling kind of plays into the film as well at that point, whenever it's played. Because when you're listening to music, you kind of want it to be resolved, like the note structure and the theme itself. And in this case, it kind of just ends in uh, like an elongated note at the end and it kind of just stops and that's it. But um, I don't know, I don't know what to to make of that one. And so far we've gotten two similar themes that we've heard so far. And myself and a lot of people have actually been pining for the Lost World theme to kind of return. You know, that adventure, you know, music from from that movie. But uh, so far, no such luck. It, uh, you know, I guess it really doesn't make sense if you're just going to stick to Nublar. You know, thematically, it kind of makes sense only if you're on uh, Sorna. Uh, but as, as far as we know, we're not going there yet, at least. Um... But we do have one last new piece of music released from Bayona, um, not tied to any previously thematic work at all. Let's take a listen to that one. So I don't know what you guys thought of that one, but initially uh, that first hit in the music, which is kind of cut off, we don't really hear a ton of it, but that music sounds like the end of the moment in um, Jurassic World score, the, the track R-Rex is bigger than yours. Um, You might remember that from basically the moment where the Rex and the Indominus battle. Um, So it's that moment where the Rex kind of smashes through the spinal bones. It's like super triumphant, and then it quickly ducks down just like this one did. So you get that kind of like triumphant tone, and then it ducks down really quick. And I've been seeing a lot of people um, noticing a like Jaws-like structure with the something like that. It is slightly different here, and I don't really uh, connect those dots per se like a lot of people are. Um, the way I'm hearing it is it sounds so much like the note structure from the impact tremor se- segment. Um, so you can hear it's more of like a trill. It's not really like a... It's more of like a back and forth several times kind of thing. So uh, I'd assume it's kind of like a dyno making its way towards something, and when it gets there... We get this incredibly terrifying, uh, dissonant note structure that that really sounds triumphant, I guess in its own like sinister way. It sounds like really scary and and upsetting, but it also has that like triumphant like I win kind of you know sound to it. I don't know, um, and it does end on like a blaring note at the end, kind of like this is the end. Um, it makes me very scared for whatever it is. Um, And it does remind me a lot of Lost um, since Giacchino scored that show. So the most interesting thing though is that this music was accompanied in a tweet from uh, a few words by director J.A. Bayona saying, And this is how you end a movie. So yeah, I mean, who knows what to think about that, whether it's a misdirection or it is literally the last notes of the movie. Um, I know when we did, I, I literally think it was like the second episode that we did when they released the Jurassic World music officially. It was like actual tracks. Um, we guessed most of the music there, like spot on. And you could tell, like, um, uh, what's the what's the name of the track? I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Nine to Survival Job was literally like the end of that movie. So maybe it's this same thing that it's literally the end. Um, or it could be, you know, in my case, I'm thinking like, uh, could be like during the credits, like literally a suite, like the end of the suite. Um, or maybe, like I said, maybe it's a misdirection, maybe it's somewhere else, or maybe it's like the last track that they scored. Um, I don't know. Um, but it does sort certainly sound like kind of like a cliffhanger, And from what we've been hearing from Colin and Bayona that this film is kind of gonna lead right into the territory for Jurassic World 3 so you know maybe this is a scary triumphant ending for a villain I don't know Um, it kind of sounds that way you know if, if he's hinting that this is the end of the movie and this sounds so scary put two and two together and be scared Um, but uh, I guess we'll see Um, anyway that really wraps up this extended audio lab Um, you can find all the links and the videos of everything I just discussed to all of these items like I said in our show notes make sure to visit Jurassic Park podcast.com to find all our past episodes brand new news articles information on how to contact us and much more it's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community.
1: Can anybody hear that?
0: Thanks for listening to the 142nd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to Jay Jurassic for coming back to the podcast in his triumphant return i am so glad to finally get him back here because in his absence i really felt like his work was missing from the show i've always loved his stuff and i really hope you enjoyed his segment this week as much as i did and certainly look forward to what comes next so, stay tuned for part two in his comeback run. Also, please don't forget to listen to Tom's bonus episode last week looking at the Fallen Kingdom filming locations. And of course, certainly stay tuned to our bonus episode this week where we look at all of the Lego items for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast you can listen to us via itunes google play podomatic youtube our website or wherever else podcasts are found so make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week if you haven't already please give us a five-star review in itunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast it will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.